Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. A new season of The Bachelor began this week, which means Bachelor Party with Juliet Lippman is back in full swing. She's back twice a week with Monday's show covering each new episode and Thursday's show covering Vanderpump Rules with several appearances from David Jacoby. This week, The Bachelor himself, Peter Weber, joins Juliet to talk about the season ahead. You can subscribe to Bachelor Party wherever you get your podcasts and join the Bachelor Party Facebook group for insights, gossip, breaking news, and more. Welcome to an emergency jam session here on Ringer Dish. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We started recording this podcast about 90 minutes after Harry and Meghan's statement went out and their website was updated. In the course of us recording that podcast, The Crown released their really terse, succinct statement. More on that later. Uh, but we did. it wasn't out yet. We started the pod. So as you listen, keep that in mind. We are working through things in real time. And we will continue to do that. By the time you listen to this, probably more things will have happened. Trust us that we will be back. We are watching the situation. We are on this journey with you. It, it's it's wild. Let's get into it. Man, do we have news. Amanda, what just happened? Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, a.k.a. the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, are quitting the royal family? Kind of. Sort of. Moving to Canada? Moving to, quote, North America. North America. Which is important. There's been a lot of rumors they were going to move to Malibu. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> think that they will. So the news came on uh, on their website, on Instagram, uh, today, Tuesday. T- no, today's Wednesday. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I don't even know what day it is. On Wednesday, I mean, there's a very intricately worded statement that we're going to go through word by word because there's a lot to talk about. But the gist of it and the hubbub is that Harry and Meghan are no longer going to be in the royal family in the way that they have been up until now. Let's get straight into their statement. We'll go line by line. Great. Let's go. A personal message from the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Great. Straightforward enough. Mm -hmm. After many months of reflection and internal discussions, we have chosen to make a transition this year and starting to carve out a progressive new role within this institution. Okay, this is important within this institution. Within this institution. And I and will there are other clues in the statement, but they are definitely trying to stay in some way, if not attached, then like related to the royal family. I don't so page 6 we actually uh, believe it or not, this morning, yeah. upon, upon waking up, Amanda and I were discussing a page six report that they were considering moving to Canada mm-hmm. and and it said, and even giving up their title, their HRH titles. Yes, and we'll come back to that. And so um, there was, I think people knew this was coming out. Obviously, if you then go to their website, there if, if this were the NBA and it was free agency, people would have seen that there was an update coming to their website mm-hmm. and everything um, that happened with LeBron when he went back to the Cavs in uh, 2014. But, um, but anyway, they clearly were planning this. I think that the within this institution mm-hmm. means that they will not be giving up their titles. Yes. we ha- They have not mentioned their titles anywhere in this statement. And let's get to the next sentence. We intend to step back as, quote, there's senior members of the royal family. Okay. And work to become financially independent. Well, the, the financially independent is like, honestly, we're going to spend 20 minutes on that. Okay. So, but let's just talk about the step back as senior members of the royal family. That the senior, in quotes, is really important because they're not saying they're quitting the royal family. And they're not saying anything about their titles and about the HRH status, which is designated entirely by the queen or the sovereign, as the case may sure. be, because it'll eventually be Prince Harry's dad. And, and to that point, 
over the last few weeks, um, there's been a lot of photos released by the Queen and by um, the Cambridges. Mm-hmm. And in all of those photos, including the Queen's wedding address, uh, excuse me, Christmas address, and the photo of Prince George cooking. Yes. In all of those photos, it's very specifically only been the Queen and Philip, Charles and Camilla, Will and Kate, and their kids. And so something that we've talked a lot about, and and this came up a lot with the Prince Andrew stepping back when he had his horrible interview, is that Charles and William have been credited with advocating for streamlining the royal family and for kind of making things smaller. And so I think if you go back and look at the last month, you can see that in addition to the Sussex announcement, the the senior members of the royal family have been making a point that like the heirs are the ones who matter. Yes. And, you know, there it's interesting because on the one hand, after the whole Prince Andrew debacle and uh, with Prince Andrew stepping back, there was a report that Prince Charles was planning to define the senior members of the royal family um, upon his ascension to the throne as yes. himself and his children and grandchildren. And that would include Harry, Prince Meghan, Harry and Meghan Archie. and their children. But if you think about it in terms of like the current generation, um, Everyone but Charles is not really a senior royal. Like, with all respect to Princess Anne, who apparently works very hard, does a lot of charity appearances, but— Fucking Olympian. Yeah, she's not in in the mix. If you—you know, we talked about that photograph of everyone, I believe, at the Queen's Jubilee, Mm -hmm. or there was—you know, there was some sort of— one of their many appearances with the whole family, but they were all seated according to hierarchy. And like Princess Anne is not in the picture. The 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 siblings of the monarch monarch um, or the heir get cropped out. So in a lot of ways, they were never really going to be senior royals right. on the level that Will and Kate are or Charles and Camilla by nature of how this stuff works. But it's interesting because Meghan has just become is so popular and such as a media sensation that they they were just kind of floating floating in this in in this limbo of like not within the institution having the recognition that probably like outside the world everyone else is giving them. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you. How long do you think this has been in motion? Kind of looking back over some key events, including the recent photos, which were all really specific. Mm-hmm. Um the crown being okay with Harry and Meghan taking their six-week break, including Christmas, to miss the Sandringham walk. Right. Um, Harry and Meghan special. Obviously, I, I don't think Andrew's quote-unquote car crash interview was necessarily related to this, but there was this, a few months ago, there was a separating of the houses of Cambridge and Sussex. They moved. I, I, you know, I think, like, it's easy to build a narrative in retrospect, like, all these things have led to this moment, but how many of them do you actually think have led to this moment? Well, it's kind of the same thing I was talking about. I, I think that this... The nature in which they're doing this, and specifically the choices they're making about the media, which we'll talk more about, and financial independence, and um, and and the way that they are making this announcement, are in response to the last six months and the last year, and to Meghan's popularity and to the press attention, and also the like deep invasion of their privacy via the press and and the Prince Andrew stuff, and the way that they are kind of reassessing what the monarchy is going to be going forward, if it exists. But I do also think some of this was inevitable. They were going to have to figure out Harry's position to William and Charles and the Queen. You know, some of this is just succession. Yeah. And 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 it was inevitable, and it was likely that they 
we're not going to be as front and center as Will and Kate because Will is the heir in this bizarre hereditary yeah. institution. And also, you know, the, there was also a lot of um, sort of bombastic coverage about like, the dissolution of the Fab Four of mm-hmm. uh, Will and Kate and Harry and Meghan. And part of that also is just like everyone growing up and sort of like them, you know, Harry getting married and starting his own family and having a kid. And then, you know, as Will and Kate's kids get older, like their lives as parents change. Yes. Like there's just like sort of like a, a certain level of natural evolution here that because it's the royal family, it's impossible to see it as such. But if you took, if you took a step back, you'd be like, well, this is kind of normal for families as they nest and grow. Right. And to the extent that these are jobs, which again is like a... Very bizarre thing that they are born into a family, but then being a member of a family is a job. But that actually is the case for the royal family. Like Will's job and Kate's job is like very different from Harry and Meghan's job. And will only, that difference will only increase going forward. Yeah. So, you know, they were, some of it is just, I think, business. And but it's just wrapped up a in all of this like family drama stuff and the gossip which number one we're very interested in but also like keeps attention in them rolling. Yeah. So they participate in it and it just it it it's hard to it's hard to separate from like a a soap opera. Yes, absolutely. But they are part of their job is participating in a soap opera. Right. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And that's like a lot of the photo and press strategy which again we'll come back to. Yeah. Okay, so next. Uh They also say they will work to become financially independent. Just shout out to the lawyers for wording this. This is just a tremendous choice of work to become financially independent. It's like they'll put their best effort forward with no no, no measurables. Yeah. Yeah. At no point have they promised to be financially independent um, at any future. They're going to work on eventually becoming financially independent. I read this as a hedge so that when they, as they continue to accept taxpayer money to fund their life, there's not yeah. there's not like a, a huge eyebrow raising, which honestly like isn't really worse than what many of the members of the royal family have been doing for hundreds of years, but like just in this since they are, you know, charting their own course, it's more suspect, but it's like this is so they don't have to like immediately stop taking money. Yeah, I th- I think that's true. Though I am curious about how much like taxpayer money they will take versus like private money from the Queen and Charles's income, which I can't at the same thing. It's it at some point they have like this immense private wealth that's inherited because of their status in England and it is all taxpayer money, but putting that aside, there's like a there's a civil list and the government does give a certain amount of money to the Queen um for her public, right, for like maintenance and palaces and public appearances, right, and I think that like and Will and Harry are um, somewhat they're like reimbursed, quote unquote, they're paid for it, right, and I I I suspect that that may cease. I bet that they will continue taking money from Charles, um, because the other thing is that. I don't understand royal money. I just don't get right. it. Well, so they're not a, 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 his up until now they've not been allowed to like work. They're not allowed to have jobs where they take, you know, major yes. salaries. Right. So I think that the other thing that they're signaling with this is that like they may try to start doing that. Right. Like um, could Megan go back to acting if she wanted to? Yeah, I more could they, think she, could she run for office? Could they do paid appearances too? I paid appearances, that sort of like speeches, that sort of stuff, where it, they're actually allowed to accept money. Because like, if you look at how much money like the Clintons and the Obamas make on their appearances, like that came up during the 2016 election, that yeah. Clinton's uh, appearances at Goldman Sachs and whatnot. 
I don't want to suggest they have the same impact as those people, but they are as famous. And so they could certainly command the same dollars for like appearing at universities and private companies and whatever. I mean, the whole like speaking appearance economy is like kind of under discussed in media, but there's so much money in it. So much. There's entire agencies where it's only for booking appearances like that. Yeah. And I think they certainly could be a part of that, whether they will and whether it's like a quote, good look for them to be doing right. it, especially while they're dedicating themselves to charitable work. Also, if they're still maintaining the title. Yeah. Like, if you recall, you've watched The Crown. Of course, I've. But there, there's a major plot point that um, once they kick the the old king out, uh, Uncle David, as he's now known, the Duke of Windsor, he's not allowed to work. Right. And so they basically pay him off. Right. And they're like, you get an allowance every year to stay out of the country and and not work and not like draw attention to the royal family. Right. Because I just, I think we, you know, I think people joke at like the financial independence thing, but there are so many ways that um, political figures make tons of money mm-hmm. once they're out of office that they would have access to, that they've had to decline, that like by saying they're they're working towards financial independence, they could like start doing those things and just make a ton of money. Yes. But I, I think people are just laughing at it because it is, you know, they're grownups. Yeah. And they're like extremely wealthy. And I mean, in the sense that it means we're going to try to stop taking taxpayer money, they should be lauded. I think they will continue like, you know, roundabout to take some taxpayer money. I I, like you were joking about Frogmore. Yeah. And what happens to it? I'm I would bet so much that they continue to live in Frogmore when they want to. Yeah, I yeah, I, I would guess so as well. Like they put so much into that if the reports are correct, they put so much into the renovation. Like, to just, like, leave your dream home in the English countryside seems weird. Yeah, and I just also think they're not, they haven't said anything about titles, and they have made a point in this statement, which we'll continue to go through, Yeah, of clarifying that they're not leaving the royal family, that they're splitting their time from between the UK and North America. So I don't think they'll be totally gone, you know? And that means that they still, like, I, they'll still show up on the balcony, I would right. guess. Like, they, they basically want to have their own rules. Yeah. Which is kind of what they're doing. I and mean, don't we all? I, I commend it, honestly. Like, I, I sort of think, like, a lot, as we've discussed, and this really contributes to your theories about the future of the monarchy, mm-hmm. like, a lot of what the royals go through is arbitrary and, like, self-imposed. And so, like, why not change the rules if you can Absolutely. And again, to the extent that it's the only way that it'll make sense going forward, I really applaud them. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see whether it'll work, but let's keep going through the, the statement. They went on to say um, they'll continue to fully support Her Majesty the Queen, which kind of gets back to remaining part mm-hmm. of the family. It is with your encouragement, particularly over the last few years, we feel prepared to make this adjustment. Um Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I was happy to encourage you. We now plan to balance our time between the United Kingdom and North America, continuing to honor our duty to the Queen, the Commonwealth, and our patronages. So I think North America instead of Canada is crucial here because that paves the way for Malibu. Yes. Which, you know, Megan's mother does live here in California. Yeah. And English people love California. Everyone loves California, or I do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I, you know, if I can speak for you. So some of it is just being closer to your mother while raising a child. You know, I, who would want to be that far away from 
from their family, especially when you're dealing with this other crazy family. Yeah, and also um, LA is a really good place for famous people to live because there's a lot of apparatus in place to hide from cameras, only have cameras when you want them. Like, you know, we talk about this all the time with people like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston and uh, et cetera, people on that level of fame. So it makes a lot of sense. Like, they'll probably be able to have a more comfortable life in a place that's accustomed to this kind of celebrity. And like, I'm sure that, I know that they were discussed being in Vancouver and in Canada for their six-week break. I have zero doubt they also came to California at some point. Like, there's no question in my mind. Yeah, I'm sure. And no one knew about it. No one took photos. No one posted them. Like, it's just, it's just easier to do that. I, I have no proof of that, but like, I'm positive. There's no way they would go to Vancouver on the West Coast of North America without going to California. I completely agree with that and think it makes a lot of sense. The only other North American thing I want to point out is please recall that Meghan Markle has not yet uh, given up her American citizenship. Yeah. Which, again, we kind of saw this coming. I, I want to credit Katie Weaver, who has has been a guest on this podcast who writes for the New York Times, who, like, honestly, before they got married, was like, I foresee that Meghan Markle will move back to the U.S. and run for office here in the U.S. It totally seems in play. That is on the table. There's always been a special relationship to the U.S. and the U.K., <laughs> so <laughs> it is definitely on the table. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. Um they went on to say that just geographic balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition into which he was born, while also providing our family with the space to focus on the next chapter, including the launch of our... Our new charitable entity. Our new charitable entity. What does that mean? What do you think that's going to be? <laughs> I have no idea, except I think, especially when we talk more about the media stuff, because in addition to this statement, they put up some new media guidelines. Yes. On SussexRoyal.com, which Juliet and I um, prevailed over the intense traffic to SussexRoyal.com to be able to load these media guidelines. But, you know, I, I think it's doing their own thing and establishing their uh, their own charities and being able to take those speaking fees and maybe honestly being able to take different donations for their charities. You know, like I'm sure there's a separate financial structure for how a royal charity works versus a charity not under the royal access. Yeah. So, you know, I think that this geographical balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition. It, it's interesting because when Archie was born, they very purposely did not give him HRH. Right. Which, you know, is pretty common. People specified that after, when the king, when Charles ascends to the crown, Mm -hmm. he will get it as his grandchild, but he's too far down right now. Yeah, and I think that that could be true, except for, so Princess Anne, her her kids, Peter Phillips and Zara Phillips, are not HRH. She declined it for them. She declined it, which is is similar. Love Zara. She's one of my favorite royals. Yeah, and like I think Zara and Peter are kind of a, in some ways, a good model of of being a part of the family. And, you know, they're they're at the weddings, they're on the balcony, the kid, their kids are in the pictures and are considered definitely a part of the family, but they don't do the kind of highfalutin, like, royal parade stuff. Right. Um, So in one sense, that's a good model for what Harry and Meghan are doing. On the other side, Zara and Peter are far less public, and it seems like Harry and Meghan are doing this in a lot of ways to be super public, but on their own terms. Yes, definitely. And I think, like, Zara Zara and Peter are, like, the— the flip side of the coin there is Eugenie and Beatrice, where people are just like make fun of them all the time. Yeah. And um Beatrice, yeah, Beatrice was like kind of uh 
in some ways unfairly, because I don't know if it's true or not, blame for Andrew even doing that interview. And it's just sort of like they've always been kind of closer to the, like, the um, Cinderella's evil stepsisters, kind of. Mm -hmm. Whereas Peter and Zara have lived, like, fairly normal aristocratic lives where, you know, she was also an equestrian like her mother, um, but have the benefit of being royal and rich without the, like, negative, negative press, essentially. Yes. And, I mean... I think that's a good comparison. And it's also, in a lot of ways, some of reinforces the idea that some of this was like not inevitable, but kind of had to happen because you definitely don't want to be the Eugenie and the Beatrice, even though they seem like lovely young yeah. people. And it's like, nothing to do who Eug- they actually are. Yeah. It's just like how they're portrayed and thought of. Right. And how how they've engaged with all the royal perks. And how that's kind of worked out for them. Yeah, totally. Um, let's move on to their website update, which, like, I am trying to update uh, access all the pages, and it's hard because okay. there's so much fucking traffic. Yeah. SussexRoyal.com. Um, should we start with going over their new media guidelines? Yes, because they are quite extensive. And, and specific. And to me, it kind of clarified a lot of what they're what they're trying to do. What, and it, What were the telling signs to you? Well— Or statements, I suppose. Well, it's just—it's, like, really specific. It's clearly— it's the most thought out part of this is how they will relate to the media, which signals to me that this is definitely part of a plan in keeping with their choice to sue the tabloids and to uh, really speak out against the media coverage or like attention that they have received, which fair enough. But, it, you know, it's interesting that this is the first specifics that they've given of how it'll work because to me that indicates they're thinking about this as like a repositioning within the media yeah. as opposed to a repositioning of their their jobs or you know their relationship to their family yeah i guess they're they're thinking about this as their relationship to their public right i don't know i think that's interesting given what we talk about on this podcast all the time the first it's like a q a this it's amazing it's like it's like a classic like FAQ. It's sort of like very yeah. very like 15 years ago. It's kind of funny. It is. But the very first one is how will the Duke and Duchess of Sussex handle media relations in the future? And you pointed out the first thing is um engage with grassroots media organizations and young up and coming journalists, which Juliet, what do you feel that that means? Podcast appearances. I think it means they're going to have their own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I could see them going like the Ariana Ariana Huffington route of like a wellness podcast or something that's like done in conjunction with like Thrive Global or something like that. Yeah, I wonder. Or mental health podcast, something like that. I think mental health. I definitely think a climate change one. I'm curious like what sponsorships they'll be allowed to take. Yeah. Though moving on to the next one, invite specialist media to specific events, engagements to give greater access. Okay. Uh, provide access to credible media outlets focused on objective news reporting, which this just seems like a direct subtweet. It's a of, shot at the Daily Mail. Yes. Um, who they're currently in litigation with. Continue to share information directly to the wider public via their official communication channels, which I just Social read media. as. Yeah, like post on Instagram whenever I want. Yeah. And no longer participate in the Royal Rota system. And this was interesting. The next question is, what is the Royal Rota system? Thank you, whoever wrote this FAQ. Shout out to their PR team at Sunshine Sacks. Yeah. It's a banner day. Um, and it basically explains that when you are uh, in the Royal Rota system, which is covers all the members of the royal family. Uh, I, for example, follow Rebecca English on, on Instagram. Yes. And she is part of the system, I believe, as a reporter for the Daily Mail. It's essentially like the White House pool, yeah. but for the royals. Yeah. And they send out a 
schedule many weeks in advance of where all the royals will be and a certain number of press from um, certain tabloids or news outlets can can cover it. And there's, you know, one person reporting for all of them. Um, but if by not reporting, by not participating in the Royal Rota system, they don't have to speak to the Daily Express, the Daily Mail, the Daily Mirror, the Evening Standard, the Telegraph, the Times, or the Sun anymore. They basically can only talk to, like, the Washington Post and the New York Times if they'd like to, which is kind of, or the LA Times. That's kind of how I interpret this. Or, like, you know, Canadian newspapers. Right. I just feel like they're, like, done with these UK newspapers. The Guardian's not on here. It, I wondered true. about the Guardian. The Guardian, that's a good point. The Guardian becoming, like, the number one royal source. Yeah, okay. Hilarious. But I, I think it also just means they can give interviews whenever they feel like it. It means that, and it means also that they have control over who has media access to them. Because right now, by participating in this, it's the the official system, and I think it's, like, the Buckingham Palace press office who's deciding who gets what. And yeah. they don't want to be a part of that anymore because of the coverage they received, which seems 100% reasonable to me. Yeah, totally. Totally. It just seems like they're they're doing everything possible to say we're doing it our own way. Yeah. Um, next, why have the Duke and Duchess of Sussex elected to change their media policy now? <laughs> the Duke and Duchess have chosen to revise their media policy to reflect both their forthcoming change as members of the royal family with financial independence, which is interesting. It's worded a little bit differently there. Um, and their wish to reshape and broaden access to their network, to their work. Okay. Yeah. Great. Some of the other uh, sections of their website is funding, and <laughs> that's one of them. Um, another one is community supporting community like they're they're really going for broke with this new website of explaining the architecture of their public work essentially um and so as it relates to funding they say in 2020 the duke and duchess of the sussex have made the choice to transition to a new working model as they step back as senior members of the royal family and no longer receive funding through the sovereign grant they'll become members of the royal family with financial independence which is something they look forward to as the Duke and Duchess prepare to make this change, the answers to the following questions aim to provide clarity on existing and future funding arrangements. Okay, I can't load this yet, so I need you to read them all for me. Okay. Okay. Why are the Duke and Duchess of Sussex choosing this new working model? They, t- I'm going to stop saying the Duke and Duchess of Sussex a million times because it's taking up energy yeah. in words. They take great pride in their work and are committed to continuing their charitable endeavors as well as establishing new ones. In addition, they value the ability to earn a professional income, which in the current structure they are prohibited from doing. They're going to work, people. Whatever that work is, it's probably more (laughs) similar to things we're familiar here in the celebrity economy, but like they want to make money. And it's it's fascinating. I I honestly really support that. Like, good for you guys. I do too, because if they make money, then themselves and no one can tell them what to do. Yeah. And that's great. Uh, they go on to say that having financial, having future financial autonomy to work externally, um, that's the, why they're doing this. And while the contribution from the sovereign grant covers just 5% of the cost for them and is specifically used for their official office expense, the Royal Highnesses prefer to release this financial tie. More details on the specifics of the sovereign grant are outlined below. Yes. I just want to say... This is very similar to sort of being like, mom, dad, I'm done with your money. I don't want to have to, like, be responsible. Sure. But it's also being like, mom and dad only played my cell phone bill. Yeah. But I just want you to know that now I'm paying my cell phone bill. Totally. It is, but it's very much like, by stop, I think, like, part of the exchange is like, we don't need to answer to you as much as if we're not taking your money. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's great to like be 23 and have a job. And you're like, suck it, mom and dad. I'll just buy whatever I want. Uh, the sovereign grant is the annual funding mechanism of the monarchy that covers the work of the royal family in support of Her Majesty the Queen, including expenses to maintain official residences and workspaces. I will note that if they do maintain a residence at Windsor, it would it would 
probably come to the Sovereign Grants. Yes. Fucking old castle that's really famous. In this exchange, the queen surrenders the revenue of the crown estate. In return, a portion of these public funds are granted to the sovereign slash the queen for official expenditure. This is outlined in the 2018-19 annual report of the Sovereign Grant, which is linked below. Please note this structure replaced the civil list in 2012. That's good to know because I did reference the civil list earlier and I meant the Sovereign Grant. Yes. Apparently. Um, and they really, this like is long, Amanda. This is, this is good. But again, keep going. Do any other members of the royal family hold a title and earn income? Yes, there's precedent for this structure and applies to other current members of the royal family. Do the Duke and Duchess of Sussex earn income? No, under the current structure. Do the Duke and Duchess benefit financially from their charitable and cause-driven work? No, see above. It's like getting catty. It's like, guys, you put these questions on here. Like, I do want to clarify that in addition to the sovereign grant, that both the Queen and Prince Charles have private estates. The Duchy of Lancaster and the Duchy of Cornwall is Prince Charles's. And he does also in his private income, which, by the way, the Duchy of Cornwall was established in 1337 to provide an income to the heir to the throne. So it's we're still dealing with inherited wealth here. Um, And that does provide some income. And then also, I believe Harry and Will inherited money from Diana. Yes. Who was wealthy. Um, I both because the terms of her divorce settlement, which came from the queen, and because of the fact that she was also a landed aristocrat in her own right. Though I don't know actually how much money she got from that because most of the money goes to the men. Um, there's there's another good one on here, which is how has the office of the Duke and Duchess been funded up to now? And since the establishment of the office, go. 95% of the funding received for their office is derived from income allocated by the Prince of Wales generated through the Duchy of Cornwall. This provision has been in place since Prince William and Prince Harry first established their offices in support of the Queen and is the responsibility of the Prince of Wales. This information continues to be available on the Duchy of Cornwall website. And it's interesting how they're trying to, like, explain that this transparency has always been there, but they're just sort of, like, now putting it all in one place. Yeah, I mean, it, it is very it's, confusing. Yes, and extremely. I think and you're just like, what is a duchy? You're just like, it's 2020. Yeah. What is that? Please pass the duchy, okay? <laughs> so the whole thing is just really, this is just really wild. I also, I think just because they're so famous and it's coming at, like, arguably the peak of their fame, it's the most surprising. Um, and But in some ways, like, I do think the writing's been on the wall. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I, I think it also wasn't sustainable what they were doing for yeah. uh, the arrangement for anyone because we, we have spent the last, what, like six months talking about how is the royal family going to exist and this doesn't make any sense and how is this really wealthy family funded by the public going to continue after the queen dies? Like, no one's going to buy this. And so they are they're anticipating a lot of that more broadly. And they are also anticipating the fact that Harry and Meghan are not in the the main stage, if you will, and trying to get ahead of that and to position themselves as like a, a new way to be related to the royal family and like and also do charity work and not be a drain, which I and and also a new way of dealing with the media, which seemed necessary. It did not seem like that was sustainable either. No, definitely not. And I'm I'm curious to see how this unfolds. I'm I'm very interested to see like what parts of the royal family they still engage in and royal family life. And I think you're right. It'll be like trooping of the color and and various other like standing on the balcony of Buckingham Palace and, and things like that. And I also, I hope that this leads to less speculation about their relationships with Will and Kate. Um, so I think that will just be like an interesting way to understand like 
who they are going to be. And I don't know. I think, like, the, those two couples separating, I feel like, is positive for, for media coverage and for, like, everyone's mental health. Yeah, I think so. Because I think this, by separating them, now you can just kind of focus on, on, on like, their new adventures. And it, it kind of formalizes what needed to happen anyway, which is, like, Will's going to be king or supposedly is going to be king. Yeah. And has to do all that stuff. And Harry and Meghan, like, got married as as grown-ups do, and siblings move apart. And you, you're right, you don't have to worry about them fighting. I mean, the, I think that that's the positive way. And I think that, I hope that people can kind of go with that narrative. The, the yeah. other thing is, like, there is the precedent of the someone just being kicked out of the royal family and being told to uh, just live in a different country or not do public appearances anymore because they are, like, taking too much shine from from the sovereign. And, and I, I will say, the, the two hours later, just now, the the Crown released a statement. It's it's one sentence. It's, sorry, it's two sentences. Discussions with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are at an early stage. We understand their desire to take a different approach, but these are complicated issues that will take time to work through. Wow! So, oh, my God! <laughs> yeah! That is basically the royal version of, like, we two didn't sign off on this. up in the— That is— fascinating. Yeah. See, this is the this is what I was wondering about. Is like how much of this is is organized and how much of this is them just kind of doing their thing. It kind of wipes out my questions of like was this in place for a long time? Cuz no, it wasn't. Cuz the the queen is like, "Okay, you guys, we didn't agree to this." That's fascinating. But I will tell you, as someone who works on making websites and like getting websites ready, it's hard. It takes a long time. So Harry and Meghan have been planning this for a few weeks. I know, but do you think that they... (laughs) I don't think they're planning it with the crown. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much of this is like classic, like American versus British. Like, God bless the UK, which has been on vacation, like honestly, since the Brexit vote. And they were like, well, now it's the holidays and see you guys on January 8th and nobody's taking calls. You guys have healthy work-life balance. Everyone deserves six weeks of vacation. But, you know, meanwhile, it's between Christmas and New Year's and like the Americans over here are coding and being like, we got to get this bulletin ready. I wonder how much of this is them being like, we, we'll just talk about this after. Like, that's fine. That's fine. We'll talk about this after the holidays. And they just ran with it. I think that's that's probably likely. Like they probably, I think if page six knew that this was in, in the works, the queen knew as well. So I think it's more like they probably weren't ready to announce and they just did it. But still, they're not like on the same page and the and. You could have added to that statement, we support the Duke and Duchess of Sussex in charting their own course. Or something even more queen-like, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been in communication with us the whole time. There could have been an indication there's like a partnership and collaboration, and that statement does not say that at all. It does also, I'm reminded of the Prince Andrew statement, which when Prince Andrew was essentially fired from the royal family, he, although he didn't have to give up his title either, which is a good note, Um, at least not not yet, to my knowledge. It was a statement in his words, right? They released it and he was like, I've asked the queen if I can step back yeah. because I don't want to do this any anymore. So, and there were rumors at the time that there is like no central press agent at Buckingham Palace kind of corralling all the different interests that there's, it's that whoever was in charge of that left, I believe in 2017. And so there's no one kind of syncing everybody up. Yeah. So I wonder if it's that of just kind of discombobulation. And that's pretty strong though. From the queen? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Also, I just want to say, um, this is, 
combination of of what has happened in my personal opinion. Um, the last couple of days, Tom Bradby, who was yes. the reporter in the ITV special with Harry and Meghan when they went to Africa, um, has been popping up on British television. And this morning he was on um, Good Morning Britain. And he said, there are a lot of people who would love to be there, including, I think, the brothers themselves, love them to be closer again. And with any luck, that will happen. But with families, we all know stuff happens. Things are said. So that rift is very much still alive. And I would not be surprised if Tom Bradby was kind of like deployed as... Um, the non-official, uh, now they're out of the rota, they can use Tom Bradby to be someone that they confide in and he speaks for the press. So the yeah, press. it certainly seems like he was softening the ground for yes. this announcement. And certainly, like, he speaks on their behalf. That's wild. I know. <laughs> I love breaking news to you. <laughs> That's just also, because here's the thing. Let, That's let, just, me just re- let me just read yeah, it one more time. Do it. Just so that we really have the full weight of this here. <laughs> Um, discussions with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are at an early stage. We understand their desire to take a different approach, but these are complicated issues that will take time to work through. That's intense. You know, okay, I think that's so stupid because there's, no matter how pissed you are, and and I do think it's probably complicated, and I think there are probably a lot of questions of like about how the sovereign grant works and like the yes. titles and the constitution and all of these things that they're they're trying to make up a new way to be royal. And if we know anything, it's like there are thousands of documents on, quote, how to be royal. And it does get complicated. So maybe like the fine print, it, this all seems like the fine print has not been worked out. Totally. Like that was and, very clear. Totally. And the BBC just reported moments ago that um, BBC understands that no other member of the royal family was consulted before Harry and Meghan issued their personal statement. The palace is understood to be, quote, disappointed, close quote. That is wild. Yeah, I know. That, like, that kind of sucks. I, just as a family member. Just as, like, that's kind of what like, I'm saying. That's like your brother being like, or for me, you don't, you don't have siblings. Yeah. That's like if my brother, like, decided to tell, like, go on a different reality TV podcast and be like, hey, I'm getting married. Or like, hey, I'm The Bachelor <laughs> now. Or something like that. Just something really weird. Yeah, it's it's also it's like in Marriage Story where they both have just hired like mega lawyers. Yeah, after agreeing to do it in it's mediation, up. That's, it's that's going the, public. This is thing about Meghan and Harry, and I feel so about Taylor Swift all the time too. In principle, I agree with so many of their decisions, and I like commend so much of what motivates their actions and their work. But the way that they carry them out is just often so to quote the palace, disappointing and also like petty. And it's just like, do you have to do it this way? It is it is petty. And and I find myself being a little suspicious of it for that reason. It's not even petty. It's um I'm suspicious of anyone who like really wants this level of attention. I think many people feel that way about Meghan Markle. Um, Harry was born into it and he didn't shy away from it. But Meghan, I think some would argue, sought it out. Yeah, or agree to uh, take it on. And I think we definitely talked about at the time how how we thought that she might find it unsustainable because she was like an independent person with a career and like life and ideas and minds and then having to go to a place where a bunch of like old old people tell you what to do according to rules established in like yeah. 1917. Of, of course, that it is not going to like work out. But I do find, it's not even that I'm suspicious. It's just kind of when there is someone who's seeking out attention on this level, you you have to take that at face value. Yes. But like it's someone playing the celebrity game. And we talk about that all the time, right? It's a game. It's a business. Um, there's a lot of benefit to it, a lot of money to be made. Um, but there is also the choice to actually seek it out. You don't hear from, you know, it's the it's the 
Ben Affleck, Matt Damon thing in a lot of ways. There are people who can chart a lives outside of the paparazzi yes. and people who um, go get coffee every day. At yeah, the same who place. seek it out. And and that's true. You know, I think that's unfair a little bit because Princess, I'm sorry, Meghan Markle had such a Princess Diana like effect. People are so obsessed with her. And the, and the tabloids were like racist and un- unfair. And I mean, beyond unfair, just horrible to her and really, really deeply invasive. So you can't avoid all of it. But things like this, I don't, that's wild. I know. Because it really, it changes it from we're trying to make this work for us to we got to figure out how to maximize our ability to get attention and, and... Make this the best for us. And on the one hand, prioritize yourself. Prioritize your son. I Like, I get that. How about just, like, giving them the heads up that it's going to happen? You don't need to stop. But maybe an hour before, give the heads up. Also, doing it at night maximizes it for the American press. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of insane. And also <laughs> softens it up for, like, the the British tabloids yes. and the press stuff the next they day. They probably did it after a known deadline so that it couldn't necessarily make it onto, like, the print front page. I do want to say, on the flip side, the royal family statement is also a mistake to me. Yeah. You got to take the higher ground. You got to, as you pointed out, point out the, like, we support the Duke and Duchess. You you know, we've been talking about this. You got to pretend like you knew and smooth it out. And then, because otherwise you're just escalating the rift and making yourselves look weak in a time where you always already look super weak. And I think also... The best part about what Harry and Meghan are doing is trying to figure out a blueprint to be royal in the new modern world. And, like, they need that. The royal family needs that or else they're not going to exist. Right. I know. And it it does really get back to this um, tug of war between evolving into being something that feels less retrograde and absurd, though entertaining, and something so um, entrenched in tradition, though, you know, out outmoded. Right. It's it's a re- it's a real tension. And again, I think it would feel like less of a tension if Meghan and Harry were like more accommodating of the other way of doing things. Not that they should follow it, but like just doing shit like not telling anyone is messed up. I'm sorry. It is. Like and it's not and not like saying like I support the crown, but like it's it's a courtesy for your fucking family. Yeah. Like, you and your brother have been through shit together. Like, a really fucking hard time. And that's just upsetting. I I feel sad. And I say that hating William. I think he's an asshole. I think he probably is, too. Let me me flip side this for you. (laughs) Tremendous content. Yeah. I mean, here we are. Like, if you really want to galaxy brain it in terms of soap opera, number one, no one's talking about Prince Andrew anymore. True. No one, no one is like, should, when is Prince Andrew? Thank them for that. Yeah, when is Prince Andrew going to testify or speak to the FBI? No one cares about that. Number two, we did an emergency podcast. At like every single journalist in the UK will be covering this for the next six months, and the attention is back on them. The attention, and also, I don't know whether anyone thought about this, but if the royal family is like on defense and is the you know, playing the playing the victim like we weren't told and we're trying to, you know, we want to preserve this and accommodate them, then they are essentially in the position of sympathetically making the case for themselves and their continued existence in public, Mm -hmm. which they do need right now. Yeah, it's true. So maybe it is smart. (laughs) I don't know. We're still working through it. Um, 
Amanda, I love bringing news to you on podcasts. Very fun. <laughs> I, just, like, I, I just can't believe that that happened. Thank you for listening as we work through this news. We will uh, pop back on this yield feed as things continue to unfold. Um, and thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks to Megan and Harry for the content boom. Good luck to everyone. We wish everyone well. We wish everyone well, but we are not pushing you away. We are watching closer than ever. Uh, thanks so much. Check out Tea Time on Friday. And again, we'll be back as the moment calls. <laughs> <laughs> 